If you have your Bibles today, I invite you to turn with us to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning with verse 18, uh, reading through verse uh, 21. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning with verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. And here's why. The Bible says, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where, where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching. Now notice it didn't say foolish preaching. It says the foolishness of preaching to save them that what? That believe. That is a most important word when we think about the word of God. You've got to believe Father, I pray right now, God, that you touch hearts. Lord, touch my lips and my tongue and my mind. I don't want to be seen. I want to expound on your holy word. I want people to see you hanging on the cross, dear Jesus. But more than that, I want them to see you at the right hand of your Father, straightening out our messes that we have in our life. God, I pray that you'd bless your holy word today, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The center of Christianity is the cross. Someone this morning noticed on my lapel this uh, little lighthouse. And I said, oh, they said, oh, that's a lighthouse. I said, yes, it's pointing to the cross, which is on my tie. And that's what it should do. The lighthouse, the light of God's holy word should point to the cross, and Christianity should center around the cross of Jesus. For the Christian, everything ought to revolve around the cross of Jesus. The Old Testament believers look forward to the cross, and we as Christians, New Testament believers, look back at the cross as a reminder of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. I don't deserve to stand in this place. I don't deserve to try to preach or teach or even share God's word. But that's the calling that he's placed on my life. And shame on me the day that I turn my back on God and say I'm not going to preach anymore because they won't listen. He that hath ears to hear. Revelation says several times, let him hear what the Spirit says this morning our devotional talked about having two ears and Jeremiah told God he said they got ears they're not listening he coached him in to keep on doing it keep on doing it my pastor preacher teacher at Fruitland he said, where are you now? And I told him, he said, you stay there. You can't do any more than you're doing by going somewhere else. 
so many times pastors and I can talk about them because I am one they got a pa- they got a a parcel of sermons and they go and they preach that when it's over I've heard many of them say I feel like my work is done my work will never be done but Jesus when he died on that cross three famous words he said it is finished hey it's a done deal y'all I can't improve on it, not one bit. And I better not take away from it, not one bit. It is the Word of God, and you and I as Christians, we need to preach it, we need to teach it, we need to witness it, we need to share it everywhere we go. You realize that no matter who you come in contact during the week, that person is either lost or saved. They're going to hell or either they're going to heaven. There's no in-between. They may be thinking about it, but they're either lost or saved and want to do better. But there is no in-between. Jesus said, you're for me or you are against me. So the question this morning even is, which side are you on? Who's the leadoff batter on your team? Is it God? If it's not, you need to change the lineup. Because it's always said in the dugout, coach, where am I in the lineup? Make sure Jesus is first. That's what Matthew 6, 33 says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added, not subtracted, not divided, but added to us. It's important that we seek the Lord no matter what age we are, no matter how long we've been a Christian or how long we've not been a Christian. The payment of sin was made on a hill called Calvary. And Jesus, the song says, paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had made a wreck of my life. Folk, I should be dead. I should be in hell. But God has had mercy on me that I'm still here and able to speak a word on his behalf. He took our place. You know, a lot of people die today. I think of our military. Many of them are dying. Why? For our freedom. But not for my salvation. Only one died for my salvation. The word cross is mentioned no less than 28 times in the New Testament. So I just want to share with you the power of the cross. I know not only have it on my tie this morning... But I have it in my pocket. I carry it everywhere I go. I I whittled this little cross out, and it's a crude-looking thing. If you ever want to see it, just ask me. Say, show me your cross. I whittled this thing out when we were in Tanzania, Africa. And listen, y'all, I only had a hacksaw to do something that little. A hacksaw. That's why it's not perfect. I'm not perfect. But Jesus was and is and died on that cross. For you and me. So what's the power of the cross? First of all, I want to share with you the methods that, that God uses to save souls. First of all, I praise God for the teaching method. I praise God for you Sunday school teachers who stood before your class this morning and expounded on the word of God. And I don't ever, I don't ever want to preach. And I hope you won't ever teach without mentioning the cross of Jesus. For it's the power whereby people can be saved. 
So the teaching method is very important in a Christian's life. This singing method. I praise God for Brother Mark picking out music, picking out songs, and Linda and Mashila, who so graciously week in, week out, come and practice and come and be here to play instruments for us every week. And Danny on, on, over here on the guitar, and sometimes we have a drummer, and hey, I praise God for them. It's somebody to pray for every morning as they prepare the week to come off in the sanctuary such as this. You know, it, uh, let me tell you something, it, just, it don't just happen, okay? It don't just happen. I mean, I, I, you know, for, for a song leader to stand up and say, well, we're just going to sing some this morning, ain't got nothing prepared. Well, I'm going to preach this morning, ain't got nothing prepared. What kind of a deal is that? You know, hey, you don't pay me to preach, okay? You pay me to minister. The preaching is on me, Okay? The preaching's on me. And I'll tell you something else. I thank God for this congregation. In eight years we've been here, not one person has said, I'm tired of you preaching now. I wish you'd preach this. Not one. Now, to other congregations, the ones that did tell me, I'm sick and tired of what you're preaching. Praise the Lord. I'm a stepping on somebody, but I'd rather the Holy Spirit of God step on you and step on me. Then I'll know, hey, I got to do some adjust. I tell some people sometimes I'm, uh, I am an adjustable Christian. That don't mean I, I backslide and get on this and get on that. But an adjustable Christian is like an adjustable wrench where you can turn that little screw thread and it goes in and out and it'll meet the needs if it's big enough. It'll meet the needs if it's small enough. I'm also not an adjustable Christian, but I'm also a welcoming Christian. Your doormat at home, mine says what? Hello? Welcome. Welcome. What do we do? We walk up there and we stomp on it, we kick it and wipe, and it don't say a thing. You know, hey, let's be that kind of Christian. You bash me if you want to, it's okay. You don't even have to sign the letter. But the day I get an unsigned letter, I'm going to put it right here and ask you to come pick it up because evidently you don't know who you are. You wouldn't believe things that happens to pastors and song directors and musicians. But that's all right. Hey, when they're banging on me, they're letting somebody else rest. I praise God for the teaching ministry. I praise God for the singing ministry. I, I jotted down just a few little songs that, that I love. Jesus paid it all because all to him I owe. At Calvary, because years I spent in vanity and pride, didn't give a fat rat about that Jesus died. Victory in Jesus. I'm so glad I heard an old, old story. And there's power in the blood, the blood of the Lamb. Well, not only the teaching ministry, the singing ministry, but let me tell you, there's also the artist method. I'm thinking back as a young boy, I remember the artist painting of Jesus standing at the door with no knob, knocking, wanting in. I can see that picture now. I see the picture of where Jesus fed the 5,012 baskets of scraps was left over and Jesus said let's pick them up nothing is wasted when we serve the Lord nothing 
no matter how little we think it is, nothing is wasted with the Lord. I also think of the picture of Jesus at the well, one-on-one with a sinful woman. He hated her sin, but he loved her. I thank God for that picture. The other picture I think about is where uh, Jesus is approaching the, the boat where the disciples are, and he's walking on water. He is walking on water. Praise God for the artist's method of sharing the gospel. There's also the performance method. I think of these people who put on the, uh, the judgment house at Halloween time, the judgment house. I think about the uh, plays that many churches do. Uh, it's the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. All of these are good, but also there's the preaching method. The Bible talks about the preaching method, and that's, that's where I fit in. Uh, God has chosen me to preach his word. Let me tell you something. Uh, I, my parents didn't call me to preach. I, I know for a fact that God Almighty called me to preach. And I didn't know this until after I had surrendered to preach, and my only grandparent I had, my grandmother, my daddy, which that was her, his mother, says, Daddy says, well, well, Kenny, let me tell you what Mama always prayed, that one of her grandboys would surrender to preach. And she'd done left this world when I did that. I'm looking forward to seeing her. What a day that'll be. <laughs> Not only when I see Jesus, but when I see my kinfolk that I know been saved, that I get to be with them again. No second yes, no second chance. Not only the method that God uses to share his word, but secondly, there's the motive uh, that he shares. Um, uh, Verse 21 says, For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. The motive of God that that he shares. You see, God's heart's desire is that people be saved. You know there's no other reason for me being in this world but to share Christ? Sure, we're to make a living. The Bible says if man don't work, he shall not eat. I like to eat, so I work, okay? But it's, it's not God's will that any perish and go to a devil's hell that all who would believe would be able to go to heaven. That word believe, it's important that we share the belief of God. Why? Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank God for those verses. Not only we see the method uh, and the motive, but I want to share with you the messengers that God sent. Um, We didn't read these verses, 26, 27, and 28. Excuse me, I don't know why this thing... I'm thankful I have two ears and not two nose. Can you, can you imagine this? Oh, this one's running. You go, just have a time. Well, it is what it is. 26 says, For ye see your calling, brethren, how not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, nor are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of this world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world. Um, the things which are despised hath God chosen, ye, and things that are not, to bring to naught things that are. Who would you send 
Would you send the wise? Would you send the important to share the message of Christ? Or would you send the simple? I'd, I'd send the simple because Jesus was a simple man with a simple message. But he was Jesus. And that was his goal wherever he went. Remember what he told his disciples one time? Oh, Lord, you don't need to go through Samaria. He said, I have a need. One person. That's all it takes. What if this week, this week, that every one of us that named the name of Jesus, no matter our age, would invite one person to church, one person to Jesus. Just one. That's not too big of a task when you look at seven days, 24 hours to invite somebody to come. Well, let me give you the last thing. We talk about the method and the motive and the messengers, but let me share with you the message that God has supplied. In John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way. I thank God for the message of the cross. If we're going to stand and salute and we're going to stand and, and pledge the flag of the United States of America, we ought to stand and pledge allegiance to the cross. Because it is the power. The power. It was the place where he died. It was the person that died on there. It was the power of God that raised him back up to life again. You know, I think about old Lazarus. Can you imagine that old boy down on the uh, streets of heaven walking along and probably being with other family members and all of a sudden he hears his name called and he's got to leave heaven and walk out of that grave? Some people don't believe that he was in heaven. Where, where was he? For the Christian, listen to me, for the person that is saved today, the moment you and I quit breathing, hey, we don't go to a waiting room. We don't go to a purgatory. We go directly into heaven. Hello. <clears throat> and if you're not saved, you don't go to a waiting room. You go directly to hell. By the way, there are no exits in hell. There's no fire extinguishers in hell. There's no fire hydrants in hell. There's no fire trucks in hell, but I'm sure there are firemen in hell. All walks of life, pastors included, are in hell. The Bible says hell hath enlarged herself. Why? Because according to the Bible, there's more people going to hell than there are heaven. That's why we need to seek the power of the cross and just simply share Jesus. This simply shared Jesus. Let me just throw this in right quick. I should have done said it. Keith and Stacy are the grandparents of a brand new baby boy. They named him Owen. And that puts Mr. Wendell and Miss Jeannie as great grandparents. And everybody is healthy. Praise God for that. Hey, how many people have they called? How many people have they told? You know, I turned that around. How many people have I called this week? How many people have I told about Jesus because of the excitement of being saved? Listen to me. I'm closing here. Many of you are at the cross this morning. You're trying to decide what to do. 
You're trying to figure it out. Some of you are lost. You've never been saved and you, you don't know which way to go. Let me tell you, you come by the way of the cross. You come to this altar. I'll do my part to help you to become a Christian today. Some of you are wondering what to do with your life. You don't know. You're not sure. Some of you are saved, but you've never been baptized. Some of you are trying to decide about joining our fellowship or not. I say this. What are you going to do? You're at the cross. What are you going to do? You've got to decide. I'll tell you why you've got to decide. Because time is running out. Sometimes we sell the power of the cross short. We can't understand God's ways. We're not supposed to because our ways are not His. And let me tell you, no matter how wise and how knowledgeable you and I may be, we're nothing when it comes to God's knowledge. He knows my thoughts before I think them. He knows what's going to happen in the invitation time. I don't. He does. I'll say this. You can't, but I'll say it this way. Don't disappoint God. He never misses. He's always on time. No one's wiser than my father. Not one is wiser than my father. Lord Jesus, I don't know what else to say concerning the cross. But I am so thankful this morning to stand in this place because of your calling. I am so thankful to stand in this place because of your salvation to me. You gave it to me. And now I have that salvation to be able to give to others. Lord, I pray that you would just bless in this invitation time. You know who needs to come. And Lord, I pray for courage for them. Maybe somebody's in the audience hoping somebody will say, hey, I'll go with you. Lord, help us to be sensitive to the Spirit of God this morning in Jesus' name. Amen.